Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast, your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Tim, we're back in the studio. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Patty. How are you doing? I'm super excited <laughs> for the guest we have coming up. I find him to be a fascinating individual. Um, great history, the background. He puts away some sushi. I've seen him in action. He could throw down some serious sushi, speak Japanese as well. He's an amazing, an amazing human being. So please take it away. Let us. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited uh, for this interview as well, Patty. Uh, we have Simon Smart on our call today. Simon believes that effectiveness in our business, our relationships, and our lives comes from powerfully integrating our mind, bodies, and spirit. He massively disappointed his proud mother by exchanging a promising future as an attorney in the UK for years spent in Japan studying high-level martial arts and meditation, following an innate sense that life should offer more than just a successful career. Meeting his wife while training thousands of soldiers in close-quarters combat skills before they deployed to the Middle East, he moved to the U.S. just weeks before the economy crumbled. His journey took him through real estate, working with crime scene victims and delivering death notifications in the middle of the night to working for a national Google partner where he somehow achieved national sales leader recognition while battling suicidal depression. Recognizing how incompatible a corporate role was with his desire to live as a free, independent, powerful, and present man, he walked away to become a sales and marketing consultant, creating millions of dollars of value for his clients on his own terms. Simon's primary mission now is Warrior Protocol, a training program and community based on ancient and modern warrior technologies, which connects male entrepreneurs with their full level 10 kick-ass warrior selves so that they can 10 times their success in business, relationships, and life. Simon spends an unhealthy amount of time on Facebook <laughs> or can be reached through www.warriorprotocol.com, the Boss Free Society podcast welcomes Simon Smart to the call. Hey, hey, what's up, Tim? <laughs> Good morning, Patty. Good morning, Simon. That is quite an impressive resume, I might add. It's just, I mean, I find you fascinating. I want to know, first of all, because I don't see how that is even possible, you as a lawyer, how did that whole thing come about? You know, I went to a uh, high school in Aberdeen in Scotland that was about, it's about 350 years old. And, uh, you know, if you picture Harry, Potter, Harry Potter's castle in school, um, you know, granite, granite floors with pathways worn in it by hundreds of uh, years of students. And when you were a straight-A student in that school, you had two choices, uh, attorney or doctor. And uh, doctor sounded horrible. <laughs> so you know like like a lot of us in life you know kind of by default i ended up uh going down a path that didn't necessarily jive with me but seemed right at the time and uh, you know i had this moment uh right after i graduated from uh, the university of edinburgh law school we had a graduation party with uh, hundreds of people i spent the last four years with and 
don't know if you've ever had a time where you kind of tune out the music and tune out the people talking to you and you're suddenly alone with your thoughts. Well, that happened and I realized I don't really care for these people. They don't share the same values and I really don't want to spend the rest of my life working alongside this kind of uh, person. And uh, I pretty much decided there and then that I wasn't going to go into uh, legal practice. So that's fascinating to me because, um, you know, it sounds like you went through the schooling, right? So you did the four years? I did the four years, yeah, full degree. Wow. So then, so so is this as a result of the books that you read, other people that you talked to who were taking the entrepreneurial route? How did did that happen? I mean, you, you put in the work. I just think it's fascinating that upon finishing it, you had the epiphany. How did that happen? How did that happen? Why did that happen? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting question. You know, I think sometimes we look back on our lives and, and things that at the time didn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Sometimes you look back and the dots kind of connect. And uh, I just was called to something different. I mean, I got an amazing education um, you know, from, a, from a business perspective, from an employee perspective. You know, having a law degree is a great thing. It pretty much gets you into any job interview you apply for. But um, I just wasn't called to it, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted, but I had an opportunity to go out to Japan and train with uh, a gentleman who's in his mid-80s now. Um, I I read his books when I was a kid, and uh, the opportunity popped up, and I said, hey, I'm going to go to Japan and just um, see what happens. My intention was to go out there for a year, and I ended up staying for a little over four years. And um, life's funny. you know. I I look back, and um, uh, it's lots of twists and turns, but I'm really happy with where I've ended up. What I'm doing now. Who did who did you train with in Japan? A guy called uh, Hatsumi, Hatsumi Masaki, who uh, inherited uh, six samurai schools and three ninja schools. And uh, unlike a lot of the modern martial arts, which are very much based in sparring and uh, trophies and medals and competition, uh, this is one of the old old fighting arts. So there's not a lot of full speed sparring because when you when you spar full speed, people get hurt. Um, but the really cool thing was that in that environment, most of the other Westerners I was training with were uh, intelligence guys, special forces guys, and they became my community for a long time, uh, which is how I ended up eventually training soldiers in the U.S. alongside them. And uh, you know, eventually meeting my wife, she's from Arizona, I met her on a trip and we uh, ended up getting married. And again, um, things that didn't make sense at the time, you, know, you look back and think, uh, I'm glad that happened. So now, can you describe what uh, what a level ten kick ass warrior is? <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to. You know, I, a lot of guys that I meet um, are kind of buttoned down and very subdued. But then they go see a movie like Three Hundred or Gladiator, and 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 Tim. I mean, if you watch a movie like that, how do you feel afterwards? Oh yeah, you're jacked up <laughs> sideways. <laughs> so so. So why? I mean, what is that? And, and, and my answer I, to that, go, I mean, you, you give me an oh, answer to that. I, I, was, I was just, I'm sorry, I thought you were asking. I, I, I always think that it's just like an, our innate, like what's inside of us, you know, as, as males, let's say like the hunter, so to speak, like there's something deep inside of us that, you know, it's been tamed by the world we live in now, you know, like we're not hunting uh, what we, you know, what we put on the dinner table at night. And I think that's kind of what it comes back to. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, there's a part of us inside which is just very, very powerful and very, very old. Um, and I'm really speaking to the men here. Uh, not to say that women don't have it. I've just never experienced being a woman, so I don't speak from that perspective. <laughs> you know, I've, I've spent a lot of years uh, working on being a better man and, and pretty much zero years, zero days working on being a better woman. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, I don't pretend to, to know that side of the house. 
But, uh, you know, there's this, there's this power in us which goes back, like you say, to the old days. And our modern culture and modern society really doesn't have a place for that. And the other challenge with it is that, you know, if you think about young boys, Tim, um, you know, we used to wrestle around and fight and, and that part of us got some expression. Sure. And then once we started to hit uh, adolescence, we got stronger, that, that playing and fighting kind of became more dangerous and had to stop. So that part of us pretty much stopped evolving then. And so that's why for a lot of guys that I coach, even though they can kind of get in touch with that power inside of themselves, it's very undisciplined. And there's a sense that if they start to bring that out in their daily life, in their business, in their relationships, it would just make a mess. So what I do is I help guys channel that, discipline that, train that, so that it becomes a part of their arsenal, something they can pull out when they need to. But also that power begins to express itself and they're able to give back more to their business more powerfully. They're able to be more present in the moment, able to be more effective with people. And a lot of it comes back to building an architecture inside of themselves of what is their purpose, what is their value, what do they stand for, and then aligning that with that power so they can be effective in that. I like that, building an architecture within you. I, that, that's, that, I've never heard that quite phrased like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. And so how did you come up with this, this program? I mean, is this kind of a culmination of the training that you underwent in Japan, a combination of, again, was it people that influenced you? How did you craft this all together? Because I think the, the structure of what you're saying, the architecture side of it, it just sounds so fascinating. It also very, uh, it's just not one component to it, right? And you do think yeah, mind, body, it's, spirit. It really is. I mean, I, I look at it as um, how do you grow and stretch yourself at physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual levels? You really have to be doing all of that to become more. Um, where does it come from? You know, a lot of training, uh, a lot of sweat, a lot of blood, a lot of tears um, in the dojo. You know, studying meditation, uh, studying uh, some other warrior traditions, some of the Native American traditions, and really just working on myself. And what was really interesting was I had a lot of these tools kind of randomly assembled inside of myself for years. And, um, you know, when I, uh, I went through a period of uh, very, very serious depression, uh, feeling suicidal a few years ago, and again, horrible experience to be in the middle of, but looking back on it, what it forced me to do was go back to my tools and really honestly figure out how to use them to get myself past that period. So what I, uh, what I coach guys with now is, is somewhat the... Um, uh, amalgamation of, of, of many, many years of training multiplied by having to figure out how to uh, unscrew up myself. Hmm. Now, can you give us a success story or a personal client that you've gone through? Of course, you know, no need to say the name or anything like that, but just how you took them through that whole transition, right, from yeah, where they were to where they are now. Absolutely. I mean, I've been working with uh, martial arts guys, military guys uh, for a long time. But since this is an entrepreneur podcast, I'll give, uh, I'll give an example of uh, an entrepreneur. And it's pretty well known, so I'm not going to name a name. But uh, just, just an example of a coaching session we had recently and, and how these kind of skills tie in. Um, one of my definitions of warrior is uh, uh, an impeccable hunter of personal power. Mm. And it comes down to a combination of uh, presence and power. You know, being present is being or having as much of your being 
in the moment of whatever you're doing as possible. So, for example, you know, whether you're having a, a date night with your wife or you're having an argument with your wife, <laughs> whatever's going on, how do you be as present and how do you bring as much of your being as you can into that moment? And a lot of us do this thing where we leave a lot of our power bound up in past situations, mm -hmm. things uh, that happened that weren't great in the past, um, abuse as kids, uh, situations where we didn't acquit ourselves well. And so one of the things that I help people with is how do you just go back to those moments and just unsnag that power and resolve that situation so that that power can kind of float forward into the moment and more of your being is here. So I was working with a client recently who uh, had a, a relationship for years that just wasn't healthy and wasn't balanced. And even though he'd ended it and his life was doing much better, um, he still felt a lot of um, regret about how, how he handled it, how he exited it. And he didn't even realize that that was there. But when we started talking about stuff that was caught up in the past, he immediately started talking about his old relationship. So what we had him do was uh, do some meditation and really get clear on, on what it was that was uh, disrupting him. And then he chose this solution. What he chose to do was uh, write a letter to that person and then just burn the letter. Right. And he, he told me that uh, immediately after that, he felt lighter. He felt like he could be more present in his current relationship. And so it's a really case-by-case -case thing, but based on some of these principles. That's very powerful. So are you finding that you're coaching more, um, more people that are entrepreneurs or people in the military or with a job? You know, to be honestly, I, I, lo I love my military guys. I love, um, I, I love helping people full stop, so it really doesn't matter to me. But my focus with Warrior Protocol is more specifically on uh, uh, guys like me, to be honest, guys who work for themselves or at least aspire to work for themselves. They have that entrepreneurial mindset going on. And um, most of them have been through a similar process where they kind of got through their 20s fine. They got through some of their 30s fine. They're doing pretty well financially. They're probably married and in relationships. And then suddenly they're just realizing that what they're doing is kind of hollow yes. and unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. And it's a real depressing space to be in and it's a very difficult space to move through without some help. So that's really where I find the most power for myself. Uh, and I like working with entrepreneurs because, I mean, even beyond the coaching piece, uh, I believe that there are this kind of power that we're talking about and how it can help men be better men, to me, is something that's really missing in our entire society. Mm. So as I work with people who are more influ influential, guess what? Uh, they have more people they influence and my message gets kind of uh, passed on better. Yeah, that's really brilliant. So is this something that, Simon, you, know, you always knew you'd be doing? I mean, is that why you went through your bout of depression, which is really powerful and vulnerable of you, to kind of put out there, and I'm sure that helped you craft your the business that you have now. I mean, was this something that you know you kind of fell into, or you always had like a, a like some kind of a vision for? Wow, I want to do something that is going to incorporate all of these pieces for me. You know, I, I, that's a really really good question, and, and I kind of want to answer it by uh, talking about how sometimes we have multiple lives. I mean, we're we almost have split personalities sometimes where we're doing one thing in one moment and then there's a totally different version of us doing something different the next. Yeah. So w when my depression hit, I was working in a corporate environment and uh, I doubled my income that year. Uh, I actually uh, 
uh, won a President's Club Award for being one of the top salespeople in the country. And I was on a trip to Australia where my parents were living at the time. Uh, beautiful time, I mean, with my family. I should have been so happy. And uh, suddenly one day, boom, it just hit me. I dropped into this incredibly bad depression um, out of nowhere. And it took me a while to figure out how to get out of it. I mean, a couple of years, really. But looking back on it, what I realized was that there was this part of me that was teaching martial arts and working on the kind of things that we're talking about now. And then there was this totally different version of Simon that was showing up for his corporate role and the way I was being in my relationship. And being so split between those worlds and not integrated, um, I believe, is what caused the depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as I was working with a coach, um, he helped me get really clear on the fact that even in my, uh, in my own business, which is based in uh, sales and marketing and helping uh, acquire really high-quality prospects for businesses, I was doing the same thing. And once I started to look at that, I realized, hey, I have a lot of skills and a lot of experience, and I'm, I'm already working with people to help them to improve their lives and their sense of self and how they show up for other people. And pretty much at that point, I decided, hey, this is what I want to do. And I can't tell you how much power is gained, Patty, and you probably know this, in just making the decision that what you like doing and what you feel called to do is what you're going to do. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and it's amazing what happens after that decision, right? Absolutely. So, and I think that, you know, I just want to play it back for, for the audience as well. Um, because I, I believe this happens to so many people as well. It's just like there, you know, you can have all the monetary success, but if you are not congruent, if you're not congruent, whether it's your value system, whether it's you tapping into the passion, and then you feel that feeling that I'm like, why am I so miserable? I should be so happy. I have so much success. You know, I have the financial side of it, but you know, that's only one piece of it. It's just not everything. So I think that's so powerful what it is you're saying and, and so important for people to pick up and understand that if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. And it really is that calling inside that's saying that the route you're going, the path you're going is not probably not the right one. Right? Yeah, and I, guess, I think what we're really talking about is fulfillment, right? Yes. And fulfillment is such a powerful attribute for, it, for us in our, in our lives, in our career, and even in our personal lives. And I think with what Simon's talking about, he really found fulfillment in, in other areas other than, like, let's say, the corporate arena. So what was, what was some of the things you know, that got you out of your depression? Because I know uh, I, I – I was someone who, who went through severe depression and I know there's a lot of people out there that may at least if they haven't gone through it, they know someone who has, what were some of the things that really helped you? Like, was it something like a book you were reading or, you know, does something help kind of get you on the path to, to getting better? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and Tim, you know, I really commend you for uh, making your way through that. Um, you know, again, as a lot of people, in society have really bad depression. We men especially are incredibly bad at admitting it. And because of that, it's really hard to get help. So I, uh, I go back from this trip. I was incredibly depressed. My wife was struggling to uh, know how to help me with it. So I went to a doctor, prescribed me some medication and helped for months. And then in the end, the medication actually made it worse than it had been in the beginning. 
and uh, went back to my doctor, and of course, the recommendation was I take a secondary medicine to balance out the first medicine. Now, to me, that's kind of like going to Vegas, losing all your money, and then finding a loan shark so you can bet again. You just get dug in deeper and deeper. So at that point, I decided that was not a plan. And uh, I actually found a naturopath who um, helped me to get off that medication. Uh, what, what was happening was I, I, I'd go down to half the medication I was on, and I'd be okay. And then I'd go down to about 25%, and the depression would be worse than ever. So it was incredibly hard to get off. And uh, you know, some people need it. I think a lot of people need it. But um, I, I really wish people were more aware in the beginning of how difficult it can be to get off this stuff, uh, sure. selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So I found a naturopath who was able to give me a lot of natural supplements and uh, wean myself off the medication. And then I was able to wean myself off those supplements. I actually used a lot of uh, coconut oil. Um, I, I was eating like a couple of spoonfuls of uh, coconut oil day and night, and that helped a lot. Wow. Um, Interesting. And, and beyond, beyond that, um, yeah, I mean, to me, what was happening to me was um, beyond lifestyle choices, um, there was some chemical imbalance in my brain, and there was some, um, uh, so, some basic uh, nutrients that I believe my brain wasn't getting in terms of essential oils and things. So I did a lot of coconut oil. I changed my diet, got really, really clean. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting was um, even though I was eating clean, I'd, I'd have a cheat day once a week, uh, you know, Tim Ferriss style. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'd have pizza or something. And I usually did that fr on Friday night. And uh, I'd be fine on Saturday. I'd be fine on Sunday. And uh, Mondays were terrible. And, of course, for a lot of people, they hate Mondays. So I kind of I just attributed it to being Monday. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's kind of what I, Yeah, that's just that's what I thought it was, and I'd be kind of down Monday, kind of down Tuesday, better by Wednesday. But then what I realized was that my cheat days weren't affecting me the day after; they were affecting me three or four days after. Wow, that's fascinating, Simon. Yeah, and so so hard to track because I just didn't didn't expect that. So right. once I dropped that and uh, started being real clean with my diet. Um, I actually ate a lot of uh, grass-fed beef, and mm -hmm. uh, I went bulletproof for a while, and that seemed to help. Yeah. And now I'm even cleaning out a little bit more and going a little more vegan, which, uh, which I really like. But um, I think it's different for everyone. The diet piece is huge. The exercise piece is huge. Uh, the mindset piece is so important. Having a community of supportive people is important. Um, really, what, what got me out of the depression was radically changing every, every area of my life, until it worked. Mm. Outstanding. Yeah, that is outstanding. So, so tell us about you know your year this year. What you have planned for the Warrior Protocol? Yeah, so we're pretty excited. Uh, we're going to be putting on a, a group course for uh, for men starting uh, around the end of April, beginning of May, and that's going to be about two months. Uh, working guys through some of the basics of what I do. Uh, probably not everything in that time frame. But uh, learning how to grow and stretch yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, working on that architecture that we, we talked about, you know, really getting clear on what your internal values are, developing your internal compass, and starting to access that power that we all have as man inside of us. And you know, part of the process is really important to me. P people think about warriors and they think about power. They think about being loud and boisterous and noisy, you know, the alpha male. <laughs> which is cool but <laughs> it's only part of the picture you know a, a warrior has to have that capacity to uh, make a space make a room safe 
and uh, safe for the people in it, which translates physically, but also translates as walking into a room and allowing everyone there to reach their potential. But you also have to be able to be the quietest guy in the room, yeah. you know, the one with the stillest mind, the one with the op most open heart. So the way that I teach, rather than teaching power techniques in the beginning, what I teach is meditation and uh, really emptying the mind, dropping ego, dropping attachments. Because if someone has a lot of ego and you add in a lot of power, what do you think happens next? They become enraged, right? <laughs> well, yeah. it just goes further. It just, it, it, they're, they're deeper into the, what, what got them there. That's, that's right. I mean, more power and more ego just means more indulgement, indulgence at a higher level. So, yeah, we, we teach kind of almost like monk-like behavior for a little while, and then we drill them into uh, how to take that silence that we've developed and really fill it up with power for the sake of helping other people. So that's, uh, that's the course that we're putting on. Um, if anyone's interested, just shoot over to uh, warriorprotocol.com. Um, usually what I have people do is uh, jump on a call with me. We do some coaching and just see if it's a good fit. Yeah. And then uh, if it is, we, uh, we figure out what that person's stuck with, who they want to be, how they want to grow, and put together a program for them. So let me ask you specific to the whole process of uh, having an ego. I know that that it can be um, pretty much an inhibitor. So how do you find that? Is ego, I mean, is it good to have an ego? Is it not good to have an ego? As somebody that has worked with soldiers, all levels of men, can you kind of give a little bit of context around that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, ego is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot. Yes. It, has, it has a lot of different definitions, so it's always important for us to just define our terms. Uh, the way that I use it is uh, ego is attachment to our own selves over and above, uh, above other people. Mm -hmm. So the classic uh, soldier jumping on a grenade to, uh, to protect his guys is the you know, archetypical moment of no ego. Can you, can you put other people's needs before yourself? Yeah. Uh, in, in a spiritual sense, you know, we're all connected to our creator, to God. But if we have a lot of ego and we're caught up in our own stuff, it's really difficult to hear that. And it's really difficult to flow that power of creation through us to serve our communities. So in a, in a Buddhist sense, ego is all about attachment, being attached to things, uh, even more deeply being attached to what should be, what shouldn't be. And you hear people all the time say, you know, I should do this or I should have this or this yeah. should be this way. Yeah. And the truth is things are how they are. And a big part of ego is just uh, getting quiet and recognizing the truth of the moment and being okay with it. Absolutely. That's now, powerful. For, for the men listening right now that are uh, interested in your you know, the warrior protocol, what are some of the things that – would make them say that this is for me? Like what, what should they be saying that they should take your course? Why, why should they take your course in, if, you know, if they're interested? Absolutely. So if, if you're a guy who, uh, especially if you're, you have a family and you're just not feeling that you have the strength to carry that weight or if you're in a career or business where things are going well but you just don't feel like you're living to your potential – if you feel like there's more, or if you feel kind of, even though you're running your own business, you still feel stuck in that cubicle and, and kind of powerless and kind of drifting along, what my course does is gets you really clear on where you want to be, who you want to be, and how to get there. 
So if you specifically resonate with uh, wanting to live life powerfully, presently as a warrior, and you want to take those skills and that attitude and that way of being into your business in a way that it radically changes your business, it radically changes how you show up, and it radically changes how you relate to yourself, how you relate to the universe, how you relate to the people around you, and how you provide more service, essentially, um, jump on a call with me. Oh, wow. Man, I want to be a warrior. <laughs> that is so amazing. That's that, it. it couldn't be clearer. It clear. It's really taking and 10xing, right? 10xing your business, 10xing your life, 10xing your mindset, your body, your soul. That's it. I mean, we were talking about fulfillment before and man, doesn't life suck when you're not fulfilled? Oh, yep. man, in a big way. But if you chase fulfillment, I believe you'll never get it. What you have to do is build that internal architecture of who you are and what you stand for, and then go out and be more of that. You know, Absolutely. I think we, we we all have you know billions of people on the planet, and we all represent a slightly different message. You know, a slightly different face of God. And the more you get in alignment with who you are and what you stand for, and bring that message through you and help others with it, to me, that's fulfillment. That's you know, brilliant. There, there's, I would say there's been a lot of testosterone on this call, which, which is good. <laughs> so, so the question I'm going to ask you, uh, Simon, is something that we ask a lot of our, our, uh, our guests. But this one, I think, really resonates with, with you more, at least from my perspective. What is the ballsiest move you've ever made as an entrepreneur? <laughs> Let me see. Do you want to hear the ballsiest thing? Why don't I just tell you the ballsiest thing I've ever done? All right. Yeah, that works too. Because <laughs> this, uh, this is a good example. So my wife and I were dating long distance. I was in London working there. She was here in Arizona. And uh, I got promoted at work, so I was super busy. It was harder and harder for me to take trips. And the immigration process was just really, really difficult. And we were at a point where it was like, I don't know if we're going to end up together or not. And I was just living in two different worlds, two different time zones. I was you know, finishing work and then getting on a phone with her. And in the end, I just had enough. And I was like, I got to take a stand. I got to figure out which way I'm going here. Am I staying in the UK or moving to the US? So I, uh, without telling her, I got rid of my job, got rid of my apartment, got rid of most of my gear, booked a flight, and just showed up on her doorstep. And I was like, hey, honey, I think we should either decide to be together or not. Let's take a month and figure it out. Wow. So she was, uh, she was pretty surprised. I mean, she was jazzed to see me, but I was so burned out from uh, corporate work in London. It's kind of like being in New York yeah. that I, I was kind of dorked up. You know, I wasn't clear in who I was. I wasn't clear in my values. Um, most people wouldn't notice it, but my wife, thankfully, is really, she's really clear as well. So after three days, she kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> So here I am, like There's foreign a country, check. nowhere to go. Oh crap! So actually, I, fortunately, I had a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, another guy who trains uh, in a similar style of warriorship to uh, what I was training in at the time. And I just went over to Colorado and hung out with him, and just dug in his yard and built vegetable patches for his wife um, until I was grounded and squared away again. And then the rest is history. My wife and I got back together and made uh, uh, made a family here in Arizona. But if I hadn't taken that stand and said, I don't know how to get through this, but I know I've got to do something. Yep. So I'm going to cut away what I'm doing right now, throw all of it away, shift myself totally into this space of, I don't know what's going to happen, but it might be great. Um, you know, we wouldn't be married. We wouldn't have an amazing little four-year-old uh, son. 
Um, so life sometimes I think is defined by taking a stand. Absolutely. Well said. Well said, my friend. I totally agree. So, so, um, I have a question for you. What are the books that you've read that have really shaped you? Oh, so many. There is a book. Oh man, I'm going to blank on the title. Uh, I think it's something like Shambhala way of the warrior. Uh, it's based in Tibetan Buddhism and, uh, I don't teach stuff from that book, but every time I read that book, a part of me just gets really calm and really settled. Um, it's based on um, some of the, the warrior ways of Buddhism. Mm -hmm. in, uh, in Buddhism, uh, there's a search for liberation from ego and being able to go to nirvana. But there's a, a, an arhat or a bodhisattva is someone who, even though they could access nirvana, they come back for the service of others. And they take a vow to stay here on this plane until every other soul is liberated. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's an amazing book. Uh, Shambhala Way of the Warrior, I believe is what it's called. Shambhala Way of the Warrior. Okay, we will definitely put that in the show notes. I'll send you a link. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. I, I'm pretty certain that of all the people we interview, you're probably the only one that is going to talk about that book. I would say that's likely. <laughs> And, you know, it's hard. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a voracious reader, so I've yeah, read too. tens of thousands of books, and I just absorb things, you know, and then uh, one day later in my life, maybe something's useful. Awesome. So, so Tim, do you want to ask? The, the, the final? The final question. Final. Is, is it hard to believe this went way super fast? It did. Fast. It went very fast. I think, I think we're going to have to have Simon on again because... Yeah. Uh, I want to hear more about this warrior thing. And he should do a female version personally. I'm just I, I agree. You know, you know we got we to... Gotta, oh, I'm sorry. He's going he's gonna to tell us. I keep getting asked that, Patty. <laughs> you should. I'm serious, Simon. This is a natural fit. And I know that there's women entrepreneurial friends of yours that are women that would be very welcoming to this program because I think it's a very powerful the I love it. I love the like all the components of it and the architecture of it. It's multifaceted. I I think it's brilliant. And why wouldn't it be applicable for a woman? Yeah. I, and you know, I talked earlier about how I I've never been a woman. I know. It's I a remember. great answer, by but, the way. But, I was like, but, oh, he, but he covered it's, his it's, ass. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, he um, definitely covered his ass. It's not, it's not the full answer, Patty. Yeah. When I'm teaching guys, as soon as there's a woman within 200 feet, the guys turn into idiots. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, t I turn into an idiot. You know? <laughs> I, I t look, no, no BS, right? <laughs> if, as a guy... When I'm working with guys, if, if there's a woman in the room, like I stand differently, my chest puffs up, you know, I start to go into like peacocking mode. It's really subtle. <laughs> it's, it's subtle, but it's there. Yeah. And, and so, I've seen but, it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, but it, but it, Tim, you know what I'm talking about, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's there's weird. There's a little strut. There's a little bounce in your step. Dude, it's biology. And guys have such a hard time being open and vulnerable when there's a woman around. So when I'm teaching some of these things to guys, I have to protect the integrity of that environment. That said, I really like this pent-up demand in the marketplace for a women's warrior protocol. It's so and cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep letting that pent-up pressure build <laughs> until, uh, until I can charge a ridiculous amount. And then to, I'll just be like, person. here's my credit card. What have you been waiting for? I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have women just sending me credit cards. I'm not kidding. Asking. I will yeah, get the we yeah. will get the word out here on Boss Society as soon as it's available. Absolutely. 
Simon is creating the demand. You hear you, that? Listeners? You're creating <laughs> massive curiosity right now, and we want limited, more. limited supply, scarcity. Simon, Simon, love it, love it. So the, the last question we we like to ask our our guests um, is just you know what kind of sage advice do you have for our boss free society listeners? Something that they can do in the next twenty four to forty eight hours that can help move their business forward. What a great what a great question. And you know everyone's in a different place. Everyone's dealing with different challenges. Um, is this a PG uh, rated show? I'm, I wasn't sure. You can swear if you want, actually. Okay. One thing in the next 48 hours, Tim, deal with your shit. Mm. Yep. Like your history, your story, all those places where your power is bound up in old situations. Spend some time meditating. Spend some time on the phone with people you haven't spoken to for years or where there's some kind of conflict. Just clear the air. Get yourself light. Get yourself focused and just drop the baggage. So true. I mean, it's Let a, it's a, go, right? Yeah, go. entrepreneurship is a long journey. And sure. when you're carrying all those rocks on your back, you're not going to move fast. So drop them. Our ninja. Our ninja has spoken. Our warrior has spoken. Thank you so much, Simon. Smart. You, you are, I just think, an amazing person. We're so happy to have you on. And hopefully, and I'm not kidding, when you do the Women Warrior Protocol program, you must come on and tell us all about that one. How does all that right. sound? That is my, I, will, I will commit to that. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> all right, my friends. So all of Simon's social media handle information on his program, his website, how to get in touch with him to see if you're a good fit to work with Simon will be in the show notes. And Simon, we thank you for being on our show. Oh, you guys, thank you so much. I had a total blast. Really <laughs> appreciate it. And I love what you too. guys are doing. I think you guys are going to help so many people make that leap from uh, – from being bossed around to being bossed free. Boss free. I, I, love, I, love, I love the message. You said so it. Important. That's and, it. You know, one, one last thing. Um, be, going boss free is going to happen whether you choose it or not. It's the way culture is going. Isn't that true? It's, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, you, you can either be ahead of it and in charge of it or you can just be chasing it. Right. And, 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 and I drowning. Think, yeah, and I think that's very powerful to get an understanding of creating a community around it, tapping into people who know it already, right? Who have gone down that path, who, who, who have an understanding of it, getting your head right, you know, tapping into coaching from high level individuals, just like what you're doing, right? Absolutely. It's so So critical. It's the mindset. I mean, we say this ad nauseum almost on the show. We're like, you got to work on your mindset. You got to let go of the story. Your head's got to be in the game and participating in programs, investing, because I think it's an investment. Investing in programs like what, what Simon's talking about, I mean, it, it's an absolute must. It's an Abs- absolute must. Absolutely. You know, money is not in limited supply. You can always make more money. The right. one thing you can't get more of is time. Time. That's, there you that's go. Right. And, and a community and a great coach, that's, what it saves you is time. You know, get, getting where you want to get to in a year, not in five years, invaluable. I absolutely agree with that. Super to the point that that you can let your mentor, your coaches, hindsight, it could be your foresight. And I know, Simon, that you have have participated in very high-level coaching, and it has helped you tremendously as well. So you're speaking from a place of someone who knows. It's the only valuable place to speak from, Patty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the rest is bullshit. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. right. And let that go down in, in history 
for this podcast show. Simon, again, thank you so much for being on the show. We salute you. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> Love you. you too. Bye-bye. Thanks, Simon. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.